Welcome to the Britain Yankee Pub. I'm the Brit, Phil Clark. Today we have somewhat of a different edition for you because it is with heavy heart that we are producing this show in memoriam for our past co-host and good friend in beer, Mr. Mark Nasky, who sadly passed away earlier this week. Uh, we here at the pub are devastated by the lost um, and we just don't know quite where to go except to say that we had some really good times with Mark. Mark's chair over there in the corner sits empty now. It will do for a while but as Mark would always want us to do we will carry on and you have a good time all right? That's what he always used to say. So we'd like to present this recording which was done way back in 2012 at another great institution who has disappeared and that's John's Tavern in Winfield where John Kowalski the tavern owner introduced us to this guy he's an expat Finn and he knows everything about beer you guys need to talk to him said John so we did and we got to know Mark and this recording is from our early days of the podcast, as I say, back in uh, 2012, when the original Yankee, Mike Lingerfelter, Lingo, and myself would sometimes go to John's Tavern and record a show live around the bar with all the noise of the patrons in the background. Mark was very kind enough to come along and help us in this show by presenting his fantastic beer school. And any of you guys who knew him would know that this was just something he wanted to do. He wanted to spread the word about craft beer and beer brewing and, and everything like that to anybody he found. So Mike and I, not knowing too much about craft beer at that stage, got a real good, um, <clears throat> pardon me, a real good lesson from him in this session at John's Tavern. And in this, I hope that you will listen to it and take some of what Mark has to say about beer so that you can understand it a little better. We've come a long way since Mark's first appearance. I managed to persuade him shortly after this recording to join us as a co-host, and he provided technical expertise and his deadpan approach to things uh, showed how much passion he had for beer because everything was really interesting to him. He traveled across Europe and went to many of the German breweries. He went to the Belgian breweries, to the Trappist monasteries. There wasn't anything that Mark really didn't know, um, but he was always willing to learn. And he would always say, oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. I remember one story that he told was when he was in London way back and he actually got into a taxi cab with the great UK beer hunter Michael Jackson. Alas, Michael, who's also no longer with us, had had a few to drink, but both he and Mark got on famously and talked about beer in the back of a London cab. And that's just what Mark was. He was a guy, he was a friendly guy, he could cook great food. He could brew great beer. He was a BJCP judge. And in this small tribute, 
uh, we hope that it shows that Mark was always willing to share his knowledge. In the video version of this, which you may or may not be watching, it's out on our YouTube channel, we've accompanied the audio, original audio podcast with some of our favorite pictures of Mark across the years. Maybe you're in one of them. He was there's friends to a lot of the brewers. We went down with him, <clears throat> excuse me, to all the breweries. And we did have a good time with Mark. So I'm gonna raise my glass. Alas, the head's gone, Mark. Sorry, I know you like a nice little bit of head on your beer, but I've just got one thing to say to you, Mark, and I hope we meet again in the future life. Kippish. And now we join the show already in progress, as they say. Well, not quite, but here's our introduction. Take care. Love you, Mark. Alright, alright, quieten down now. Live from the Britain Yankee Pub Studios. Another Britain Yankee Craft Beer Pubcast. I can hear the pints being pulled right now. Take it away, lad. You are paying for that beer, aren't you? Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Well, we better get going because here we have an action-packed show tonight. It's rather a special one. The reason that we're in the pub, in John's pub tonight, number one, we've got good beer in front of us. Yes, we do. Number two, we're going to be sampling another of the Vandenbosch uh, beers. Oh, yeah, we're not allowed to say that because we brought it in. It tells us. So find out. Okay, but actually, there's a reason for that, and, uh-huh. and that is that we know there's a lot of home brewers listen to our show, absolutely, and people who also want to know how to taste beer a little more. <coughs> so, who do we have as a special guest sitting to my left, your right? Well, actually, opposite you. Well, kitty yeah. corner to you, actually, yeah. isn't it? Across the table. <laughs> you make it so complicated. Oh, I know. I Introduce know. him for God's sake. Okay, he's ready to burst. He, he's been on the show before. He's our wonderful official beer judge, Mark Nasky. Hello, Mark. How are you? Hello, Phil. How you doing? Ah, see? Give us a little something in Finnish. Yeah, right. That's what I said. He just told you where to go. <laughs> uh, Mark is a wonderful friend that we've uh, come to know, lives locally in Winfield, and he is an official beer judge now what organization are you certified from other than (laughs) the normal ones right well there is a uh, organization actually covers um, canada too it's called bjcp or beer judge certification program and it used to be together with aha and american home brewers association but then they hey that would be ahba (laughs) they (laughs) <laughs> they split up. They split up, and um, now BJCP is basically uh, running the competitions and and san- sanctioning and judging and all that kind of stuff. And AHA also sanctions the competitions, but BJCP basically trains the judges and so on and so forth, and does uh, exams. So you, if you want to officially get your judging certificate. Wow. Well, Michael, you know that we had talked on one of our last shows that we might 
want to try looking at becoming a beer Cicerone, right? Yes, we did. And then we looked at what it needed and we <laughs> said, okay, maybe we can just become a, what was the lower one? A beer server? A certified beer server, CBS. Yeah. And, and right. yeah. I said, I prefer ABC. So, <laughs> so the, but then we talked to Mark and Mark said, uh, no, you should do the BJCP. So, you know, we wanted to know a little bit more about what was involved. Yeah, right. And so, Mark, what is involved in becoming a judge? Well, basically, you have to know your beer, not only by drinking really? it. <laughs> okay, well, that's it. State the bleeding obvious. Know your beer. Yeah, right. Okay. That, sorry, was the fir- that was the first part. <laughs> so you have to drink the beers yep, and yep. know your beer styles. There are about 70, 80 different styles defined. Holy crap. And... Uh, well, it changes from year to year when they uh, reevaluate the beer styles and new styles may come and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's alive all the time. But there are plenty of styles. So I mean, knowing the beers, the history, what what goes into making it, why it is the way it is, where it came from, like the origin, maybe water contributed to it, and other local factors. That's that's one part. But you also need to know how to make beer, how to brew it. You have to know the techniques and ingredients and fermentation and lagering and so on and so forth. So it takes a look at it from both sides, from brewing side and the tasting or drinking side. Oh, so wow. a little bit more involved than just taking a simple... Oh, sorry. Ten I, word I, hang on. Test. What was that you were saying? I think you were I said in the it's background. A, a little bit more involved than taking a 10-word, uh, 10-question uh, yeah. ten test and saying, okay, you're a judge. And, and you remember, Mike? We took the uh, uh, dummies yeah, test down the there test. at the... Uh, and we did find out we were certified yeah, so, dummies. Yeah, so I think we were. Well, we got 60% of them. Yeah, right. we got 60% something like that. Yeah. I, was like, I have actually, on my iPad here, have something that you can download for free. I think it's for free. The Beer Judge Certification Program, Beer Styles. Right. And this actually is great because it tells you everything you need to know about these different beer styles. Or Now... I'm reading through here, and it says aroma, appearance, flavor, mouthfeel, overall impression, and so on and so on and so on. What exactly are all these different categories when you're describing a beer? Because if you've listened to us, and I'm, I suspect you do every time there's one that comes out. <laughs> he's raising his he's, eyebrows. He's, he's got well, a great poker face. Yeah, you know? he does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> I would not want to play cards against yeah. Mark because he's he can he's got a great poker face. Yeah. We basically taste it, say, oh, this is pretty good. It tastes good. It's got little of this, little of that, and then we we rank it. Now, tell us a little bit more about the qualifications. Well, you're going the right direction because that's where it starts. However, um, there's like five different ways to look at a beer, and. <clears throat> Only 20% of all the evaluation will be your own judgment, the way you look at the beer. The rest of it's already predefined in the BJCB guidelines. They tell you what the aroma should look, should be like, what it should look like, what the flavor is, and mouthfeel. So you basically, you comparing what you have in your class against given guideline. Okay. okay. And these guidelines are written by some renowned judges and people that know a lot about beer, brewers, and so on and so forth. They traveled quite a bit and tasted the original beers at source. So it's pretty good, good selection of attributes for a beer. So anyways, um, 
you want to go this one at a time or so we talk about aromas and well, so and so forth oh excuse me i'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all choked up about it yeah. <laughs> why don't you have a little sip oh okay the- yeah okay so let's 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 look at what we've actually got in front of us now mm-hmm. mike you and i have got uh, a beer in front of us that is rather dark in color mm-hmm. mark's is a little lighter in color so let's let's pay attention to ours first what are you drinking mike um i'm trying to remember now what oh. we ordered when we came in I, I, you it's, told me once and then i forgot what it was it's the bridgeport dark rain black pale ale mm-hmm. okay so we know that pale ale is reasonably hoppy but not too hoppy and it it comes usually in two styles american and english hang on he's coming in with it see we were trying to test it <laughs> yeah well with knowledge well well the thing is uh <laughs> once you do these things i think they should be done in a certain sequence oh. and uh, the most fragile uh, part of it is the aroma because when you pour your beer the aroma may just disappear very quickly so you have to get to that first so basically when you pour your beer put your nose in the glass sim- simultaneously and try to see what comes out of there so and that that comes right away up front the first thing you ever do so we've kind of screwed it here by the fact that we well, we yeah, jumped well, into we, it we already started drinking but usually when we we're sampling beers down in the pub that's the first thing we hit on. It may not be, um, you know, within a second, but it's it's within ten seconds of pouring. We're yeah. usually doing a smell to get the, all the aroma and everything right off the bat. And and you know, I have a bit of a problem with the yeah. aroma. Is it obviously? If you have a bad sense of smell, that's going to impede you. Absolutely, it will, and, uh, and a lot of <laughs> a lot of people have it. If you have a little stuffy nose or something like that, immediately uh, affects it. But there's also another way of doing it. Once you drink, at the same time, once you drink the beer, you inhale some air with it, so you get some of that impression, maybe from the background or from the backside of your nose. So you can like inhale and drink at the same time. So you, you may get an impression better if you have a stuffy nose or something like that. But well, definitely you're 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 impaired if you don't your nose is not yeah. working properly. <laughs> <laughs> and with a nose the right. size of mine, you wouldn't think that was the problem. Right, it is. Um, so the fact that we actually had this poured earlier on has mm. kind of lost the some initial way. impact Probably. of the smell. Also, also if I may say. It, different beers have the aromatic uh, qualities presented best at certain temperatures and very often it is that when the beer warms up new aromas come out so right. very seldom you serve beer absolutely ice cold like 40 degrees or 35 degrees because the aromas may be kept in there and they don't come out unless the beer warms up so you should take that into account when you serve beer the proper serving temperature is important here and we're finding more and more, especially with um, this, even the bigger breweries, but some of even the smaller ones are putting on recommended glass type, recommended temperature. I mean, right. they're do they're really hitting on all of it to make sure you really get the best experience out of their beer, which then you'll want to go back and buy more. So right. it just makes sense to do that. So the average person who's got just a regular, I mean, I wouldn't suggest drinking out of a uh, you know pilsner glass unless it's a pilsner lager but the average mm-hmm. person has got a beer glass right We're, we've got straight up uh, American beer glasses here is that adequate if they just pour it in and allow the 
foam to come up. I mean, is there something to the pouring as well? Yeah, there's some to the pouring also because um, some beers you have to really pour that the foam comes out and, and you get more, the aroma uh, agents come out better. Uh, some beers you just don't want to do that, want to preserve the aroma in it, let it come out on its own. So there's different different ways depending on what beer you, beer you have. Wow. So far, it's we've only gone past aroma and, and pouring and temperature, right. and it's like we haven't even tasted it yet. Right. Well, you know, and we found that, like, even here at John's, they have different glasses for some of the different beers. I mean, it's not straightforward. They do have, like, a, uh, like a, uh, a, um, a snifter for some of the like the the stouts or some of those that you're not going to get you know a full pint you're going to get it you know in a snifter where you can actually warm it a little bit let it sit you know get those aromatics really working on it so that's an interesting question okay now he talks about a snifter and you know what that the shape of brandy snifter is kind of pointed so that the aromas push up Sam Adams came out with this special glass at one point in time that looks a little bit like Mae West, very heavy, bulbous at the top and thin at the bottom. Does that, in your experience, do anything to focus the aroma? I don't really know particularly about the Sam Adams glass and what it does. I have those at home, but I don't see or notice any difference. And I have to say here that my nose is not the most sensitive, so I may miss something that some other people will get. So it's a very personal experience that okay. way. Yeah. So you don't have to go with the rules. You just put it in there. It mm-hmm. isn't, you know, if you follow a certain approach, then it's the personal experience, and you're still going to get differences of opinion, right? Absolutely, every time. So what do we got then? We got the, the temperature, the way you pour it. We've got the aroma. What comes next? Well, what comes next is the easiest. Uh, that's the appearance. Since you have, we have to remember at this time that the drinking beer is full-body experience. You have all your senses. If, if not earlier, the next morning you're feeling in your muscles. So <laughs> you will you will have it or all. Your head. <laughs> or your head. Or there's a muscle there yeah. too. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so you feel it's full-body body experience it's not only like you just taste it or whatever that's why we talk about aroma aroma the next one is appearance so that's the easiest a beer should look uh, delicious it should be poured it has nice head it, it looks something that you want to drink not just put it in some kind of vessel you know any temperature say here's your beer or drink it out of uh, out of a bottle you know just who cares okay right that's abusing beer i think it should look delicious and every beer it says what it should look like Okay, so Mike, what does yours look like? Now, admittedly, listeners, you know, we have had this poured for a little while. Right. When it came, it had a little bit of a head on it. Right. But, uh, you know, what what does yours look like? Well, it's it's dark in color. It's it's not black. <laughs> Did you see why I resisted making the joke? I usually say, what does yours look like? And yeah. now let's have a look at the beer, right? Yeah, see, right. I was very... See, see we're, we got but a you, guest. You blew it right? already. We got a guest. You blew it. I did? You did. Really? You did I enjoy it? it? <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, back to the beer. Okay, meanwhile, back to the beer. Okay, so. Um, uh, it, it, it did have a little bit of a head when it came, but uh, quickly dissipated. The uh, color is very good. It's very dark, but it's not uh, black, black, where you can't see through it. I can see through it a little bit. Yep. Uh, the lights are kind of dim, but uh, all in all, it's a very good color. for you know, it, it meets up to its name. There you go. Yeah. So, so what's your opinion then, Mark? Let's get the official. I mean, you know, this well, I'm is, not official you know. any any which way, but it looks good for the kind of beer it is. Yeah. See, I I would 
uh, point out that these dark or almost opaque beers are hard, harder to see what's in there because they're so dark, you know, you can't really without your flashlight or something to see if it's clear and all that kind of stuff. But it definitely, when you have light beers like Pilsner, Kölsch's, wheat beers, uh, filtered wheats and that kind of stuff, you can see if it's clear. And uh, if, say, Pilsner is cloudy, it indicates something. Normally, Pilsner is not cloudy. Its filter is crystal clear, crispy, nice-looking, big-head beer. If it not, doesn't look like that, there's something wrong with it. Okay. So, if somebody would... Okay, and I, I know the answer to this. I'm setting you up. <laughs> if somebody were to pour you a uh, German wheat beer, all right, a lot of people would say, oh, look, it's cloudy, but that's not a Pilsner, right? That's a whole different style. Right. It's supposed to have the cloudiness, Exactly. Right? We expect yeah. the German wheat beer be cloudy because yeah. if the, if the trop is there, you don't you don't get rid of it. Okay. So the yeast is there, so it should be cloudy, and it contributes to the aroma and flavor of that particular style. So it's per style, I would say. So here's, here's, here's a good tip, I guess, is... If the beer is good looking, then is it going to affect? It's not really a tip; it's a question to you, Michael. Oh, okay. Oh, thank <laughs> you. If the beer is good looking, is it going to affect your judgment of what you see? Well, I think in the long run, yeah. Your your the appearance of a beer is one of the things you are going to be judging it on. So, yeah. But we've ran across beers where, oh, we poured them, oh, this looks really good, and it turned out to be skanky. So appearance, that's why appearance is only part of the whole picture. Right. So, I mean, it's... And I know you know, I I mean, you know how I like the look of Schlitz beer, okay? mm -hmm. I mean, as, as a domestic lager, if you pour a Schlitz on a hot summer's day and there's a little dribble running down the side of it and it looks real good, picture perfect. A, it's it's attractive, right? I mean, exactly. But, you know, you know yeah. and, that, and, that, and that adds to okay, uh, yeah, it's not a bad, but you know, it's bad too much, but you get a better experience. I would right? say one more, one more thing about the appearance is that if you're drinking a beer that should have head, like such a foam, and all of a sudden you have flat, it's like or a juice that has no head on it. Yeah. Then right. then you know say, I I don't think it looks attractive unless right. it's part of style for some reason it doesn't have. And our the English mild it, right. beer very has a very little head. That's correct. But that's because it's it's more of a uh, session ale. I, I don't know what yeah. I don't know what well uh, I mean it's the carbonation that And uh, and, a, and about right. English beers anyways if they cast conditioned beers they have very little right. foam or head on, on them anyway. So, But that's the characteristic of that kind of beer then again. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we got what we're looking at. Uh, what's next up on our list? Well, okay, I haven't tasted the bloody thing yet still. Well, you know, you prepare yourself and it tastes better that way. But I say the flavor is next. And you were talking about adjectives maybe earlier. This is where you need really the most adjectives to describe the beer because this is where you get the most points. And this is where you really see how good your tongue is. Oh, now, that's what she now said. Now, before, um, before you go and, and taste, is there a certain place you should hit or just let let it go over your whole tongue or concentrate on the, the back end? Uh, no. Yeah. What I say, let, let it go over the whole tongue because different parts of tongue taste different things. And, and that's how you get the full experience. And you start distinguishing them. Okay. Okay. I'm just sitting here biting mine. Yeah, I'm biting mine. Biting okay. Yours, you know, yeah. if we were in the pub, it would be a whole different thing. 
Sorry, carry on. That that's that's okay. And then you also, <laughs> when there's sour beer, see see if you if you start extracting saliva because of the the, the, the sourness, acidity, what, what you taste. That's it, right. You also notice that. But yeah, you should go all the way through and and basically you you you, you concentrate on on three things up front right away when you put it in your mouth what happens in the middle and the aftertaste and this is where the difference is between beer tasting and wine tasting you, you're never going to have the aftertaste really in wine tasting because you you, you dump it you don't you never <laughs> swallow you just swish it in your mouth and then and then you dump it in beer judging and tasting is essential that you swallow it because you need to have that aftertaste lingering what's lingers in your mouth that's and important that's, and that's when we've been doing our our tasting what will make or break some beers where it'll get an extra point or a half point is that aftertaste yeah. where all of a sudden hey this is a really good beer but then the aftertaste mm, you know it's giving me a little bit of a metal ting or it just doesn't yeah. finish really good i mean that seems to be one of the, another essential part is that, that that aftertaste not only when you first let it pass your lips but that very last yeah. breath of air you take and what's your impression all the way through it's very complex this beer drink it is it, it is very complex and i think the complexity makes it interesting too oh yeah because it's as i said full body experience and all on your on all senses you know it's you know if you put your ear against the glass you hear it you know, hissing sound, so that's beer talking to you. I've so never it's done also, that before. Also in your ears, okay, so it's not only, oh, only in your mouth. I hear the sea. Right, yeah, okay. So you want to try that one too. That's that's part of it. Oh, no, wait a minute. That's seashells. <laughs> yeah. Now hang on. Talk to me. What is it? <laughs> yeah, that's like the old joke, right, where the guy's got uh, uh, a glass of beer. Or, hey, what time uh, is it? Yeah, right. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break All right. and uh, come back and see uh, what the next, um, well, we, I don't know if we finished with mouthful, but we'll come back in a minute, all right? On today's show, we're looking at a new report that dispels the myths surrounding the beer belly, because science tells us that actually drinking beer in moderation is very good for us. Cheers. <laughs> All right, we're back after a, a really short break and a pee. Oh, I mean, I didn't say that. <laughs> well, whatever. Whatever. Whatever, yeah. So <clears throat> we're sitting here with Mark Nasky, official BJCP beer judge. Um, the beer that we actually have in front of us, or Mike and I have, is Bridgeport Dark Rain Pale Ale. And it's a dark pale ale. Mark has already finished his. <laughs> and he's turning around. Now, Mark, Mark is trying... Marston's Pedigree Ale, Ooh. which is uh, a delicious beer from the uh, parts of Yorkshire in England. Um, this is on tap on a hand pool and a nitrogen here at nice. John's, and it's uh, very, very tasty. Um, we'll, we'll concentrate on our beers in the test, and then you can give us like an official feel of uh, Marston's. So, okay, we've got mouthfeel. So when I tasted this beer... Oh, your mouthfeel now, you jumped over the flavor already. Over the what? You talked about enough of flavor. Oh, oh, wait a minute, hang on a minute. So, okay, so I put it in, and mouthfeel is different to flavor. Correct. Hmm. 
So explain the difference between mouthfeel and flavor. Okay, now we can use your famous adjectives here, I think, you know. Okay. Uh, that's adjectives to adjectives. the rest of us who don't speak Finnish. <laughs> adjectives. Okay, go. I'm sorry. I have an accent. Yeah, I know. I write um, with an accent, well, too. Well, well, the point is, now, in, in the flavor, you can say sweet, sour, bitter, uh, a bubble gum, or, or banana, or clove, or, or whatever. Those kind of uh, things that are actually flavors that you can taste. Mouthfeel is like how thick the viscosity of beer is. It's like water, or does it just stick it to your tongue, or how much carbonation there is. Like, is it a little fizzy, or is it just flat? It gloopy. Gloopy. gloopy is a word I think <laughs> we've used. Yeah, right. It's a little gloopy. <coughs> Those are for the uh, the heavier stouts, yes, and, uh, imperial exactly. stouts and such like, right? Yeah. Okay. And so uh, mouthfeel is how it feels on the tongue, not yes. so much the taste, but how it feels. Correct. Correct. So I can I can attest to that that uh, if you have a really good stout, mm-hmm. and we're going to be tasting one shortly, it really goes down smoothly. Mm-hmm. The beer we're drinking, I think, is got a fizzy feel and a a thinner feel to it, mm-hmm. but then I would want to go on to the actual adjectives about what it tastes like, and to me, it's very malty. Yeah, malty. Malty again is is a flavor compound. You, you say malty, then that's flavor, okay. not 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 mouthfeel. Okay. Uh, but there's a lot of people say it's velvety, smooth, Ooh. and that kind of stuff. That's also <laughs> mouthfeel. When when you put it in your mouth, it's like something real soft, right. nice. <coughs> And, and, and that's also the mouthfeel. I, I have to say, Michael, beer tasting is very sexual and erotic. Mm. <laughs> Mark. Yes. Okay, so... Uh, wh- um, not Mark, Mike. Hang on, I've got two M's here. Um, yeah. what, do you, what is your description of uh, the dark pale ale? Um, it, I would go with... It, it is a little bit on, on the thinner side, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the feel... It's a little bit on the thinner side. It's not as thin as um, uh, uh, a light beer. It's not as heavy as a stout. I'd say it's really balanced right in, in the middle for me. Okay. Uh, as far as almost like a thickness. I kind of think in my mind as a, a thinness to a thickness. Okay. On how, how it feels mm. on my tongue and that kind of thing. So, so Mark can comment on your... And I'm putting you on the spot, but I agree well, with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay. Yeah, you so. have to be when when you taste these beers and and evaluate any one of them. If you make a comparison with a style, like you said, stout, you have to be very careful because, uh, say Guinness in the original form is the thin one of the thinnest beers there is. It's like water, and then again the imperial stout in in the other end is very thick, cloyingly sweet in a way. So you have to be. You, very careful when you, you when you say stout. Which one do you mean? Right, now, right. Are you exactly. in the low end or high end or in the middle or whatever? So you have to kind of explain yourself what, what you mean by it. I just mm-hmm. say warning, little yeah, warning yeah. here. No, yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's a good, a good All right. So we, so we use then a lot of adjectives to describe what we taste, yeah. and you've you've mentioned a few of them. Um, I I. I can only taste malty in this, and then it follows up with hoppy. Hoppy is hot. Is that a oh, is that sure. a descriptive? Sure, a hop hop gives you basically three things, and we can discuss quickly. Hop gives you the aroma. If you, if you if you have in the nose the hop aroma, you can tell that. Then he also gives a bitterness. How how bitter? How much bite 
somebody right. calls it bite and over, even if it goes over it go, can be called astringency it's too hoppy and it also the hops have flavors some of them are flowery some of them are grassy and and, and some of the piney and all these so hops give you three dimensions all three dimensions Wow. So the hops you can actually bring up in, in a couple different facets of rating a beer. Three. Yeah, three different uh, different areas that right. you could actually say, well, this is hoppy because of this. It could be hoppy because of this. So you could actually use the phrase hoppy a few different times, but then with an explanation of I'm getting happy because of... Yeah, is it flavor? Is it flavor you're tasting or is it the bitterness? Right, right. Or is it just the aroma that goes into your nose? Yeah. Right. And uh, as as far as brewers, you know, it depends on when in your brewing process you a- apply the hops. It gives you all these three different dimensions, okay? So it's really the timing when you add them. And of course, then variety, hop varieties, countless varieties of right. hops, and they all have their own characteristics. We don't go into that this time, but it's really when you add them into your into your brew that's what creates all these three sensations. Okay, so we're down to the wire here. What comes <clears throat> next after we've actually tasted it and said, "I don't mm-hmm. like that" or "I do like it," which is essentially where you're going to go, you know? Yeah, that's where it is. <clears throat> it, your, your your personal impression or overall impression. It co- it's called officially overall impression. Oh, okay. but that's really where you, as a judge, say your own opinion. Of oh. course, uh, being nice to the brewer and so on and so forth, uh, you use nice language when, when you say this tastes like... <clears throat> is, is skanky official? Yeah. Skunky. Skunk. Skanky. Skanky. No, no, not really. Okay. Skunky. No, skunky. Skunky? Yeah. Skunky? Skunky? But, skunky? But not skanky. Skanky. Oh, okay. You got to watch what you say to right. these people. Yeah, it's... And uh, you said that... Um, your personal opinion should is only weighed about twenty five percent of the over twenty percent. It's twenty percent. It's twenty percent. Twenty percent. And that's where you really say, Did I like this beer enough to drink another one? And and say why I would like why I like this beer personally. This beer had such a, these things are really good that I like in this beer also say and then these things are not things that I really did not care for so much. Okay, so that that's how you give your impression. So there is a certain amount of subjectivity to it. That's it. But there's also yeah. a factor of objectivity. In other words, they've they've classified where you know the beer characteristics should land on a scale. So you're really you know getting a balanced opinion. Yes, that's very that's very correct. Now, <clears throat> I guess from the, the last aspect of it, I, there's also bitter. IBUs, International Bitterness Units, and then there's also ABV, alcohol by volume. Does that figure... I mean, I know you, Michael, you love the 60% and the... Oh, no, that's that's bourbon. That's bourbon, yeah. (laughs) Um, Does that figure into any of the judging, or does that not really come into it? Because that's a characteristic of the type of beer. Yes, it all does, okay? And, of course, now as a judge, once you see the numbers, you should be able to now, when you have a beer in front of you, see if that bitterness fits in the range given to you. And that's sometimes very difficult because there's all these other flavor factors that impact it, you know. So it is, and especially if you have a big beer, you can have higher IBU and it still tastes less than less IBU in a, in a light beer, small beer. So it, it is really subjective. So that's very difficult, but it factors in, definitely. Hmm. Interesting. Well, give us 
you've got in front of you, uh, and I know you've been drinking this for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and I've had a few pints as well when mm-hmm. I've been here. You have Marston's Pedigree English Bitter. Is that correct? Correct. That's correct. And uh, it's on a hand pool, a nitrogen hand pool, which is kind mm-hmm. of interesting, different to the mm-hmm. cask, you know, not cask fermented. Give us, give us your, you know, what you would say about this beer, because then we can kind of wrap and bring it all up together. You know, he's sticking his nose in it right okay, now. Okay, well, you ask me. So if we go, oh, yeah. if we go all these categories that we were, we we're talking about, it it has a slight malty nose, not much hops um, at all. So the malty sweetness is in there, and there's some of the fruity character that normally the English alias produce. So there's this fruity like apple type of thing in there also. And then by looking at it, if you go uh, by the appearance, you know, it has n- nice white, f- uh, small bubbles head that stays for a long time. And that's because of the nitrogen that they have in there that's causing it. And then it's, it's a medium brown and it's slightly hazy, okay, which means it's not filtered, most likely. They don't filter them. Then we go to the flavor, okay, now I have to, t- I have to take a sip of it, okay? Okay. I gotta say, oh. while he's doing that, it does look good when the head sticks around longer. It does. It, I mean, the, his beer just looks that much more appetizing, and and you want to drink it. Looking at it because it's got a little thin, real fine, creamy looking head, and it's still he's an inch down, and he still has a little bit of head. And it still looks so appetizing. And I understand that as it goes down the glass, it's called lacing. Am I right? Correct. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, let's get, let's get back to his assessment. <laughs> okay, so back to the now, assessment. Now, when I, when, I, when I tasted, we said we... Let Are you go. allowed to call it a slurp? Yeah, you okay. can call it a slurp. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> um, anyways, um, it has a sweet, malty start. So the first thing it hits you is a malty sweetness. Then it dries up when it goes further. And in the middle, I taste the apple or the f- fruity character again it's in the middle and then the hops kick in hop flavor especially some bitterness but there's more hop flavor in this one and that sticks in the back of your tongue and once you swallow the beer it stays so it's it has this this uh, hop flavor lingering in your mouth for a long time so that's about the flavor of it it's it's uh, well balanced because it has the maltiness and hop bitterness they are in balance okay so it has both, and it's, so it makes it really pleasant to drink. If we talk about the mouthfeel, I guess it's light to medium body. It's somewhere there in the light, light side of, of the medium. It's creamy. Okay, that's part of the mouthfeel. It's very creamy. And again, the nitrogen does that too, I think. Um, and there's not much to say about the mouthfeel otherwise hard for me to figure out quickly anything else like (laughs) (laughs) Um, then as far as the overall impression or my personal opinion it's this very nice beer that I would drink a second one a third one there's nothing offensive about it and at this time we can also say there's no brewing flaws such as there uh, it's a homebrew we always expected some brewing flaws uh, occasionally these professionally made beers normally don't have them uh, like diacetyls and whatever have you that don't belong to the character of the Ooh, beer. He said a big word. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I will find out about that later. But uh. right. <laughs> a- any, anyway, so to me, it's very nice, nicely balanced, and it's also 
I would call it session beer because of the low alcohol contents. ABV is kind kind of low; it's around five or less than five even. Four point seven. Four point seven. Thank you. <laughs> so, so you can drink more in one of those and, and enjoy. That's good. Wow, what a description! Now, how long would that in a in a beer judging contest? How long would you take to assess your beer? Mm, they say oh, you should take about ten to twelve minutes per beer when you when you are assessing them. Wow. So, our Mike, our little five-minute doodle is trying to squeeze in six or seven beers. We should slow down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the fact that in competition you have to write it down, so that's where the time goes. Ah, oh, right. Oh, you got, oh wait a minute. Because got to take you notes. you got to write as well? I don't believe it. <laughs> All right, so uh, we we've we've gone through the different characteristics. I mean, here's where mm-hmm. Mike and I would then say, "Well, Mike, what would you rank this? One being skanky, or I sh- maybe I should say skunky now. Skunky, skunky. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then five being, yeah, I'd go out of my way to have another one of these. What would you rate the uh, Bridgeport Dark Rain Black IPA? Um, personally, I would rate it about a three and a half. Okay. It's it's not bad, but I know there's other ones out there that I would prefer, so Well you you you've got into the hoppiness recently. Yeah, I have. And, and this and is quite hoppy. I mean it's very it's it's kind of I think the word I'm looking for is it, it dries your mouth out a little it bit. It does a little yeah. bit. I don't think it's astringent to the true no. word, but it, it's good. Yeah. What would you rank your uh, Marston's pedigree as? Well, if, on our scale, because <laughs> that's the every man's scale. <laughs> well, I would say that the best scale is the uh, one to fifty scale that they use at BJ's, BJGP oh, officially. One to fifty. Yeah. Wow. So, so because that's so many categories, so you got so many points per category. No, 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 no. Every beer has its own fifty points. You know, regardless of category or anything, every beer has its own fifty points and. This, this, I would rank this high 30s. Okay. So, pretty much right in the middle then. Yeah, a little above middle. So, about three and a half, like. Uh. Yeah, well, three and a half, <laughs> so somewhere there, right? Yeah, it, it's it's better than the average, definitely. There you go. Yeah, yeah that's real good. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, what do you rate it? Oh, well, I yeah, rate it. Yeah, you know what? I I would go I would go three, and to me, a three is it's a good standard beer. I enjoy drinking mm-hmm. it. I would have another one. Um, you know, if there's something else around, yeah, I, I, you know, I'd perhaps have something mm-hmm. that I preferred. But you know, any port in a storm, as they say. Yeah, right. <laughs> I like okay. these. I like these black beers. That's a new style, isn't it? Uh, black beer itself, there is a style called right. Schwarzbier in, in Germany, and that's the original Schwarzbier. But now they start putting the black malts in all all kinds of beers, and most of them are not officially any styles. Right. They just I somebody it somebody it's made. Yeah, it's not in there. Somebody's made it up, you know. And I don't see anything bad of making up your own styles right. and, and create new styles and create new beers. That's fine. The program just hasn't caught up with all of that stuff. We've got to get on that. Right. Well, and I talking about uh, st- new styles and stuff, this summer when we were at a couple of the beer fests, we saw that the the style that was starting to come out was the brown IPAs. Brown IPAs, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they're adding darkness. Darkness. To the A little bit more body to, yeah, the, right, to the hoppiness. Right. It's good. So, well, I think uh, before we go to the next break, I think we've just got to say one thing, and that is, May the Schwarz be with you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I pour about 
uh, down the side of the glass, about two-thirds of it, and then um, I pour the rest of it down the middle because I want to create a nice head on the beer. That gives us a bouquet and aroma as well as being, you know, visually interesting. So uh, an, a, an all-malt beer like Sam Adams will form a really nice head um, because the head on the beer is protein. In fact, uh, the head is so thick you can actually float a bottle cap on it. It's like a happy little boat floating there. Uh, so that's a good uh, measurement of, of a nice all-malt, well-brewed beer. Okay, we're back now from the break, and Mike, uh, the crowd has really increased here. Um, they have gathered around because what we have is going to do a little bit of a tasting and see how how Mark's uh, way of tasting beer uh, appeals to some of our favorite home brewers. And uh, these guys are from uh, Winfield, Illinois. They're right around the corner, and uh, Mark and his uh, buddy, who's Mike. <laughs> That's right, because it's Mike and Mike. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mike and Mark. Mike and Mark. Mark and I bet. Vandenbosch. They have uh, produced some rather excellent beers. So what we have here is an Imperial Stout. And we pour them into tasting glasses. And now this isn't readily available commercially, but we hope it will be very, very shortly. John, the owner of John's Tavern, has arrived. John, you have the sample in front of you. Um, have you paid attention to what Mark has been saying about how to taste beer. No, I just walked up and sat down. Okay, good man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll be back with him in just a second. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I poured it out. Let's everybody have a sniff. There'll be a short pause, ladies and gentlemen, whilst people sniff. Okay, so let's see if we've learned anything. Mike, what do you think? Um, I'm getting um, some nice burnt, uh, almost uh, not kind of smoky, but a uh, a richness to it already. Okay. I would agree. It's um, very much the way that I would hope uh, a beer like this would smell. Mark, are we on the on the nose? Yes, you're, you're on the nose. You can call it burned. It's it's roasty. It has roasted malt in it. I uh, We use the word roasty a lot in, okay. this, in, in this context, but you guys right on it. Yep. Okay, good. I concur. So, he, what was that, John? I concur. Okay, he agrees. <laughs> He's only here for the beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that's good. Now, oh, what was next? The appear, appearance, right? And we look at it, and holy cow, it's as black as you're at. That's what I'd say. Is that official? Yeah, yeah. We, we say opaque. Opaque. Yeah. Okay. Non-opaque. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I can't see a bloody thing through it. Yeah, I know. It really is a dark beer. Okay. okay? So, um, obviously, you'd be taking a lot longer time to, right, to right. do this, and you'd write down your notes, as, yeah. as, as Mark Everybody, says. But we can go ahead and have a little slurp here. So, there'll be a little bit of slurping music. About the appearance, okay. I, I would say, I add to it, it has a long-lasting off-white head. So you wouldn't call that a brown head, off-white? Well, yeah, it's not really brown. It's tan at okay. best, okay? Yeah. Okay. So now, when they taste tea, they do a slurp. Well, you can do the same thing. But you can't do that with beer because of the frizz. He's going to kill us all. I just told you you can do that. But you can, you, oh, you did. I'm sorry, I was slurping. I didn't hear you. You can do that. You can do that. Um, Michael? 
What do you think? Wow, bloody hell, you need to go that down your neck. What the hell? Well, it's a sampler glass. Oh, okay. You're being chintzy <laughs> with the... Uh, we're only sampling. We're okay, tasting. We're, we're not guzzling. Okay, yeah. Right. What do you think? Um, surprisingly, for the color and everything else and the smell, it's extremely light. Um, it's not uh, as far as a texture. It's, it's it's on the lighter side. It's not... It, it's kind of in between light and medium. It's not right. real thick on the tongue. <coughs> Excuse me. And it makes you I was, sneeze. I was waiting, yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's got the the taste is is very pleasant. Again, very smooth. Right. Almost almost like Mark said before on the other one. It's a it's a little bit even creamy. It, it's got a good is he on? Is he right on? Yeah. Or he's, do you he's, have he's a different on. opinion? He is right on. He, he, he just <laughs> we just go mixing a couple of things here. We mix in the flavor and the mouthfeel, but that's okay. There's no problem. I, see, we got to keep it separate. I would, separate. I would, I would say, it has very sweet malty start and a very, very beginning. It, it, it's very, sm- yep. very sweet, and then, then the roasty malt, roasted malt kick in, and they, they really sharp bitterness, almost to the verge of astringency. So it's very, very sharp, bitter finish with it, and that lingers in your mouth for a long time. Also, I, I taste some chocolate coffee type of uh, mm-hmm. notes in there John any anything you can add from your tasting because I think everybody agrees that um, you know it's a very individual thing oh yeah yeah um, I would uh, concur with what everybody else's assessment I think the body the mouthfeel is is quite light it's it's not heavy on a uh, palate and um, uh, it's, it doesn't seem to me to be uh, really high in alcohol, uh, which I sort of find maybe you be a better judge of that, but uh, it doesn't taste like it's higher in alcohol to oh. me, which oh, uh, Mark will have an addition well, to that statement. But, 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 but to me, it just seems like a very drinkable stout. Isn't that a good thing that yeah. if it doesn't taste of alcohol? Because I think I know what this is, if I can remember rightly. Right. Um, what would you say it would okay, be approximately? Okay, okay. Uh, uh, first of all, I want to comment what Mike said about the uh, creaminess and the mouthfeel and uh, uh, viscosity, all that. I think you're right on by whatever you said. I agree 100% what you said. When, when you start talking about the alcohol, I did a quick test. I, I tilted the glass and see how much... Uh, how much was sticking to the glass and it has legs we call them legs so that means the water recedes but the alcohol sticks to the glass and this one has quite a bit of alcohol yeah Uh, we have to say that the brewer has been very skillful by by hiding it you don't have it in your mouth but this one has kick there there is definitely alcohol in this beer And, and that's also if i can finish saying this that it's also the lightness or uh, not much body. All the fermentables have gone and fermented into alcohol, so we have lots of alcohol in it. Uh-huh. Now, did you did you ask them about the alcohol content when you picked this up? I did, I did, and if I remember correctly, he said it was around the nine, nine and a yeah. half. Yeah. Which, oh, which you know, right I guess for an right imperial stout, yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty much where it is. Right. But I agree, that's what I think attracted me so much because. You know, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it's not drinking a beer because it's high alcohol. Right. It's drinking a beer because it's got flavor. Mm-hmm. It's and right. it's and it's. This is a beer for the end of the evening. 
this is a beer for sitting down and enjoying. <laughs> this is, this <laughs> would be good. One of those good ones where it's a, like it is now. It's slightly on the warmer side. It's not ice cold. Right. You know, right. this is another one where I would even reach for a, a, a beer snifter to put this kind of beer in and just just snip. You know, just sit there and sip it and not you know slam it down and work for it to the next one. I, I was interested to hear your comment there about the fact that the, the brewer had been very skillful in his fermentation approach. I think the guys will listen to this and they'll be very impressed with what you have to say. Well, I mean, they won't be impressed. They'll be very happy. Well, <laughs> well, well, not only fermentation, but in all, all in all, in the process of making this beer that they could hide the alcohol. And that's, that has something to do with what kind of malt you use it in and how much flavor they, they impart and they cover the alcohol so that you can't taste it. And I think that's a skill by itself. Wow, pretty good. So, John, finally from you, because um, we've got to wrap up with Mark, um, you have a lot of craft beers on tap here in, in your, in your uh, establishment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Um, how do you go about judging what you think is going to be a good seller? Well, I mean, I think... As far as like the craft beer thing and, and leaving out what kind of marketing a company is going to do, I, I think we sort of have decided to, or I decided to go into a, a craft beer selection. I think it, it sort of depends. There, there's a group of people that come in, that present company included, that uh, sort of helps out with with making selections or styles and depending on the time of year and 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 would dictate what kind of styles you're going to do and and certain breweries you know are going to always have something that's interesting and i and i actually think that some of the the more limited quantity uh beers uh sort of creates a certain cachet you know yeah amongst beer drinkers that 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 contributes to that and being able to have that i know some other places have sort of like specialized in that right having beers that are hard to get or whatever you know so and we know some of the beers are really uh, good over here we've 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 had experience of that mark i guess what we'd like to find out finally is you know we've talked a little bit about how you go about doing the judging what do you? How long does this take to get to this level of expertise that you have described? Um, it takes years because I've been in Volvo all my life, and I'm still learning every day something new. So it, it's never-ending learning process. So, so that's the fun part of it all. But just to get into it a little bit more, you can uh, be associated with BJCP and actually take the training classes. Most homebrew clubs provide those training classes if you're part of the club belong to the club mostly they free or they charge you a little bit of money but that that's very nice way of learning uh, the whole process of BJCP and also then after you completed your classes you can take the test that comes from the headquarters or from a specific people which is outside the club so it's really true bona fide test where they test your skills as far as brewing and beer tasting is concerned. And 70% is the written part and 30% is the tasting part. Okay, and you have to get at least 60% all together just to pass. And then you'll be recognized judge. And you can go up from there, you know, take the test again and again and again as many times as you want. But the test is really 
challenging. You need to know your beer from inside out. And, and I think the most important part, no matter what you do, is understand your beer styles, the different kinds of beers that are there around, and the BJCB homepage and all that stuff. They give you pointers to where you can learn what all the different kinds of beers are. But I would really highly recommend because you have more fun to yourself when you know how to taste the beers properly. Well, I guess we've learned a lot tonight, Mike. Well, we got a lot to a lot of homework to do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's we a got good a idea. lot of stuff to study and a lot of beer to drink. That's the way I think of it. <laughs> and Mark's putting a thumbs up on that. And uh, I guess, Mark, thank you so much indeed for joining us on the program. Um, now, you have a, uh, a restaurant down in St. Louis, is that right, that you do brewing? No, I don't have any restaurants. Oh, I was wrong about that. Forget about that. What That's happened what's... to the stable? <laughs> no, I, I've set up a few breweries in St. Louis area and, and taught people oh, okay. how, how to do it and set them up and give them the recipes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, one important and interesting part of, of this, once you learn a little bit more, I, I want to add this at the end, is that once you drink a beer, see if you can then make a recipe of that beer. What would go into it? How would you make that beer recipe-wise? That's how you can practice that once you go through the training program and all that kind of stuff. Right. There are a million and one recipes on, on the Internet, and you can get all of them. But that's not the point. The point is as you take a beer and see, how would I brew this beer? That's nice exercise if you, if you don't want to play board games or something like that. <laughs> yeah, good. And we get bored with board games. You have We're a parting comment? Uh, just John. Uh, ple- pleasure that you're that uh, everybody's here. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Thank you very much, John, for allowing us to come in and yeah, thank uh, you very sequester much. the corner of your bar. No problem. <laughs> and we're right outside Winfield Station, John's Tavern. Stop by. There's all sorts of delicious brews on tap. Hey, we got our plug in. We got an official sponsor, mate. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, I guess uh, I hear in the background. Hey, Chaz and Dave. Anywhere else. Yeah, in the background somewhere. <laughs> I think they're in the car. <laughs> um, I guess it's uh, one thing to say, and that's good night from me. And a good night from him. Cheers. Good night. Oh, and by the way, Scott Loose, we didn't forget your list. We just didn't have time this time around. We'll give it to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Please, Bob. Give me another pint. Please, Bob.